Welcome to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. We're all new for 2023 and featuring a wide mix of variety shows from the golden age of radio to include comedy, music, drama, cop shows, and much more. For those of you who want non-stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Meanwhile, 1001 Radio Days will be bringing back some memories along with some great entertainment every Wednesday and Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And now, our show. Box 13, with the star of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Box 13, Care of the Star Times. If $50,000 is of any interest to you, come to see me. If it's adventure you want, this is it. Because I want you to kill me. At present, my address is 756 South Marvin Boulevard. Please come alone. And don't tell anyone about this. My address is 756 South Marvin Boulevard. Please come alone. And don't tell anyone about this letter. Simon Andrews. The letter was dated two days before I received it. And this was one time I wished sleet or snow or winds or anything had delayed the swift courier on his route. And now, back to Box 13 and Dan Holliday's latest adventure, Killer at Large. But this was written two days ago, Mr. Holliday. I know it, Susie. A- and you were out of town, so I couldn't get in touch with you. Well, it wouldn't have made any difference. I couldn't have made it back in time anyway. Gee, you're not going to follow up this letter, are you? It's obviously the work of a handle. A what? You know, uh, one of those persons who writes letters and things. Oh, a crank. Oh, but you're not going. I sure am, Susie. Oh, no. You wouldn't kill him. Oh, of course not. But I do want to know why Mr. Andrews wants himself killed. And I'm going to try and talk him out of it. The fact that I hadn't received the letter for two days had me worried. A lot of things can happen in two days. So I went to the address of Mr. Simon Andrews. It was night. There wasn't a light in the big house. I walked up the front stairs, punched at the doorbell, and heard it ring inside. Want somebody in there, bud? Huh? Where did you come from? Never mind where I came from. The point is, where do you think you're going? I was going inside, if the door opens. Step back away from that door. With your hands up. What's the idea? It's not an idea, bud. It's a reality. Awful real. Go on. Step away and keep your hands up. After you. Thank you. Straight ahead. Go on. I'd still like to know what the score is. About ten to zero. And you're carrying the short end. Keep going. And stop at that door to the right. Get away from it. Torlin, what's 
This is something that I picked up on the front steps, Mr. Andrews. Bring him over here. Was it you who rang the bell? That's my usual way of getting into houses. Who are you? What do you want? You're Simon Andrews? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I said, who are you? My name is Holiday, Dan Holiday. Well, that means nothing. What'll I do with him, Mr. Andrews? Wait a minute, Torling. Holiday, what did you want here? I came here to kill you. Hey! Watch him, Torling. Oh, at your own request, Mr. Andrews. Look. Keep your hands away from your pockets. Wait a minute. Let's see what you got in there. Go ahead. No gun. No knife. I don't understand. That makes three of us. A nice, cozy group. <laughs> here, I was going to give you this letter. I think you wrote it. Yes. I wrote this. And you... You're box 13. Yes, I am. It's all right, Torling. Leave us alone. Huh? You sure it's all yes, right? Yes, yes. Go on. Go back to your post. Oh, sure. I'll be right outside the window. Now, Mr. Andrews, what gives? Uh, I'm sorry, Holiday, but... I'm afraid. Afraid of what? Of being killed. For a man who wanted to be killed, you're doing a lot of unnecessary work. Why didn't you come when you got the letter? I was out of town for a couple of days. Oh, I... Please, sit, sit down. Would you like a drink? Uh, no, thanks. I'll have one. You mind? <laughs> Go right ahead. It's your house. When I wrote that letter, I, I wanted to be killed. Why? Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But I was sick of living. Just sick of it. Can you understand that? Not yet. I like to see flowers and bees and birds. <laughs> You're younger than I. Anyway, I was a kind of a morbid thrill, thinking that someone was after me, going to kill me. Did you really think I'd do it? I didn't know. I took the chance. <laughs> well, don't worry. My only reason for coming here tonight was to see what prompted this letter, and to talk you out of it, if possible. I wish you'd come two days ago. Why? I, I want to live now. I've, I've met someone, and I want to live. Well, go right ahead. I have already paid someone to kill me. You... You what? You're crazy. Not now. I was. You can't be serious. I am. I tell you, someone is going to kill me. Someone I paid $25,000 to do it. I don't know who, I don't know when or where, but he's going to kill me. You're a fool. Go to the police. I can't. Your life depends on it. I know, but I can't go. If I do, there'll be notoriety. I wouldn't have cared before, but I can't let that happen now. You know, I've met some strange people through my ad in the Star Times. But if you want the trophy, there'll be no argument. Put it on your mantle. Don't joke. I'm not. You've got yourself into this. Now get out. Maybe, maybe you can help. Sure, maybe you can. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Look, I'll pay you whatever you want. I can afford it. Oh, sure. If you can afford $25,000 to get yourself killed, you can pay more to stay alive. That's it. But not to me. Look, Andrews, all you have to do is call off the deal. Let the killer keep the money, but call it off. Don't you think I've thought of that? Then what's the matter? You didn't read this newspaper, did you? No, Why? Look at the headline. Benny Franklin slain. Big shot of gambling syndicate killed in underworld slaying. <laughs> so, who cries about this? Franklin was the man to whom I paid the money. I paid him to find someone to kill me. Well, 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 you really locked the door on yourself, didn't you? Do something. Oh, just like that. Huh? Franklin was the only man who knew about our, our deal. I paid him in cash. What do you think I could do? Anything. Find the man who's going to kill me. I'll pay whatever you say. Look, Andrews, it isn't a question of money. It's a question of looking through the well-known haystack for the equally well-known needle. I wouldn't know where to start. Take my advice and take a chance on going to the police. Hire private detectives, anything. I can't, I can't. Please, Holiday, help me. Good heavens, you'd give help to a dog if it needed it. I I'm grasping at straws. I'm afraid to leave the house. I hire Torling as a bodyguard. But sooner or later, the man who's out to kill me will get to me. Please, Holiday, please. 
All right, Mr. Andrews. But if at any time I find things getting a little hot, I'll go to the police myself. That's the only way I'll make the deal. All right. All right, anything. Now, you paid Franklin. Franklin evidently knew someone who would be willing to pull a trigger or use a knife. But you have no idea who. None. Hmm. Then we've got to find a starting point. And the starting point is Benny Franklin. He's dead, man. He's dead. Very. But he must have left a family. Of course. The paper says something about his mother. I'll try to see her tomorrow morning. Tomorrow? Why not tonight? Because the police will be questioning her, watching her house. You'll have to wait until tomorrow. Then I'll see her. Well, I didn't like the setup. Andrews was a fool and obviously a psychopathic case. But he was in trouble. So the next morning, I saw Franklin's mother. I can't tell anybody anything else. I told all I knew. To the police? Yes. Yes, to the police. A hundred times. My my boy's gone. What good is all this? I'm not the police, Mrs. Franklin. Then why do you want to know about Benny? Maybe I'm a friend of his. I don't know you. I never saw you before. Look, Benny once did me a favor. Call me a friend of his for that. I don't know your name. It's Holiday, Dan Holiday. Where did Benny know you? Well, let's not talk about that. What I want to know is, what did you tell the police? Everything I could. What was that? What do you expect me to tell you? I don't know. Maybe who his friends were or weren't? He was killed. He was killed by somebody who hated him. There was a man named Scott. Scott? Did you ever see him? No. I told the police. Benny saw him often. He always went out to meet him. Why? I don't know. Was there anyone else? No one I knew. Benny never brought his friends here. No, I guess he wouldn't. Now, Mrs. Franklin, did your son recently come into, well, a pretty good sum of money? Money? (laughs) He always had plenty of money. I never took any of it. I wouldn't touch any of it. No, of course not. But what'd he tell you if he came in to, say, $25,000? No, he wouldn't tell me. Why are you asking that? I have my reasons, Mrs. Franklin. Maybe if we knew he had the money and if we could find out if he gave it to anyone, we might be able to learn who killed him. Don't you want to see his murderer caught? I don't know. He was your son? Yes. My son. I I was ashamed of him for what he was, but I loved him. Yes, I know. But think, Mrs. Franklin. Did he have that much money recently? No. No, I don't think he did. You're sure of that? When he had money, he spent it all at once. Then if he'd had as much as $25,000 recently, he'd, he'd have put on quite a show, huh? Yes. Yes, yes. But what good is this? I don't know yet. And you can't tell me anything more about this, Scott. Well, Benny went to meet him the night he was killed. All right, Mrs. Franklin, it's all for now. And thank you. What are you going to do? Look for a man named Scott who has suddenly come into $25,000. <laughs> That was all. Look for a man named Scott who had a lot of money. A killer would make himself hard to catch. Well, the starting place was one of Benny Franklin's favorite places. Then another, then another. Then finally in the bar of a little cocktail lounge. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Quite a bit, I hope. Huh? What'd you say? Look, uh, my name's Holiday. I'm a writer, and I thought perhaps you could help me out. 
Oh, you want me to write something for you? Oh, no, no. But I'm interested in Benny Franklin's case. Oh, uh, right so? Yeah, he, uh, he came here quite a lot, didn't he? Well, lots of people do. Mm-hmm. But Franklin came here more than lots of people. Maybe. Can you tell me anything about him? Mr. Holliday, there's something like five newspapers in this city. Pick up any one of them and read all about Benny Franklin. That's not the kind of stuff I want. Well, that's the only kind of stuff you get. Even for this? You could buy a lot of newspapers for that 50. But not a lot of information. What makes you think I can give you any? This 50. What you want to know? Anything you can tell me. Well, I heard that Benny Franklin wasn't the big boy in the gambling outfit. Oh? You sure? That's what I hear. Also, that there was a lot of talk around that Benny was getting too big. I see. But I'm not interested in that part of the story. What you mean? I want to know about a man named Scott. Don't know him. You never heard of him, huh? I... No. Who is he? Where is he? I don't know. I don't know nothing about that. Scott's a trigger man, isn't he? A killer. Uh... <laughs> Does that make you hysterical? Well, yeah. Kind of. But I'll tell you something, Mr. Holliday. Go ahead. You've got 75 dollars to fill up. <laughs> sure. Well, you're looking for a guy named Scott. That's right. But you ain't gonna find him, ever. What? I'll tell you. And that's all I'll tell you. And then you leave here, Mr. Holliday. All right, go ahead. You ain't gonna find a guy named Scott because there just ain't a guy named Scott. And now, back to Killer at Large, another Box 13 adventure with Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. So, there wasn't anyone named Scott. I didn't believe the bartender in that cocktail lounge. I didn't believe him because Franklin's mother had told me Scott saw a lot of Benny. But maybe Mrs. Franklin could be mistaken. I went home and thought it over. The more I thought, the less sense it made. According to the bartender, I was looking for a man who didn't exist. According to Simon Andrews, I was looking for a man who was going to kill him. Later that night, I decided to pay Mr. Andrews a visit. I was leaving my apartment building when... Don't turn around. Just keep walking, Holiday. What? Just keep walking, I said. What's the idea? Turn in the alleyway. Go on. It's good enough. Now face the wall of the building with your hands up. Way up. How's this for size? Shut up and stay shut up. You got no gun. Everybody seems surprised at that. Maybe I should carry a few guns to keep people happy. It could be healthier for you. Now, why were you asking for Scott? How do you know I was? I got friends. Lieutenant Barr? Could be. Come on, Holiday. Why were you asking about Scott? I have an uncontrollable curiosity about men having that name. I collect them. I don't want to have to do that again, Holiday, and I want good answers. That's the kind I don't have. Now, maybe you'll tell me who you are. I could be Scott. Yeah, I had that idea when you asked me to go for a walk with you. Who sent you to that cocktail lounge? No one. I said I want good answers. I gave you one. No one sent me to that bar. You just happened to go in and ask about Scott. That's practically it. Who told you about him in the first place? Franklin's mother. You're a liar. All right, I'm a liar. Who might argue with a gun? Turn around. 
Well? Add a minute. I want to get a good look at your face. Do I look any better by matchlight? I've never seen you before. I wish you never had. Who got you in town? Who did what? Come on, come on. You ain't one of the mob. You're new. Well, I'm getting old. You ain't got a gun. What's your pitch? You know, I think we're going at this the wrong way. We're asking each other questions. Suppose we just settle down to a couple of true confessions. Where are you from? Why? I don't know what this pitch is, but... Who sent you out to get me? Get you? Yeah, you come in to put the finger on me. And I didn't come in here alone. Look behind you. What? Look. All right, stand still. Oh, don't. Please don't. My, my, what a big difference a gun makes, depending on who holds it. Now, who are you? My name is Nicky. Last name Scott? No. Would you like to be caressed with your own gun? No, no, please. Please tell Scott I won't do it anymore. Please give me a break this time. I'll get out of town. I'll do anything, but let me go. Did you say I should tell Scott? Sure. I was just going to put the bite on him once, just enough to set me up, and then I was going to blow town. Honest, tell him that. Turn around. Face the wall with your hands up. Sure. Now, let's see what trinkets you're loaded with. It's just a letter. Uh-huh. What are you going to do now? Well, since you invited me for a walk and I didn't really want to go, I think I'd better turn you over to the police. Oh, no, you won't. Stop, come back here. What's the matter? Nothing, ma'am, nothing at all. Just a friendly game of tag. What? And I'm it. My charming vis-a-vis disappeared into the night and left me holding the bag. And the bag in this case was a letter. At first, I didn't pay any attention to it. Later, I looked at the address on it, thinking it would clear up some of this puzzle for me. And did it? (laughs) Everything got worse. So I decided to go and see Mr. Simon Andrews. Back again, Mr. Holliday? Well, Mr. Tolling, still the faithful watchdog? Let's go in. Go ahead. Where's Andrews? Same place he was last night. This way. Holiday's back, Mr. Andrews. Holiday, come in, come in. Torling, get back to your post. Yes, sir. Well, Holiday. Well, Mr. Andrews? For heaven's sake, man, don't just stand there. What happened? Where were you? Did you learn anything? Which question do you want answered first? Stop it. What are you trying to do? I'm sorry. Mr. Andrews, what do you know about a man named Scott? 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 Name means nothing. Nothing at all? No. I think Scott is the man we're looking for. The same Scott who might have killed Benny Franklin. Scott killed Franklin? But but why? Could be for your $25,000. I don't understand. Put it this way. You went to Franklin, hired a killer. Franklin got in touch with the invisible Mr. Scott. Maybe Franklin tried to hold out on Scott, and being a man of very, very short temper, Mr. Scott erased Franklin. Did you find him? I don't know. What do you know? Just a minute, Andrews. I'm in this game on a rain check. Don't shout at me or I'll go back to the bench. I'm sorry, Holiday, but you did learn something. Do you know a man about 30, medium height, dark hair and eyes, small mustache, little scar over his right eye? No. No, I don't. Well, he knows you, because he had a letter for you. Here. What's this? Like I said, it's a letter. But what's in it? I don't like to be trite about this, but you could open it, you know. Oh, of course. 
Well? Look. Read it. You got until midnight tomorrow. Midnight tomorrow? The letter's not signed. It doesn't have to be holiday. It, it, it's from the killer. Why should he send you a letter? Torturing me. It could be. Why didn't you turn that, that Nicky over to the police? Why didn't you do something? What's your suggestion, Andrews? You put yourself in this hole, now climb out of it. I'm pulling out. Oh, no, 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 please. You're the only man who knows who's after me. Please, Holiday. Money's no object. Just find that man. How? You saw him. Only once. Yes, but you know what he looks like. Look, let's turn this whole thing over to the police. Let them find him. I can't. I told you before, I can't. Holiday, make one more try. Just one more. And spend the rest of my life without my head? Well, take, take toiling with you. And what about you? Oh, uh, I didn't think of that. Oh, Mr. Andrews, you didn't think of a lot of things. One of them was how stupid can you be? I know, but will you help? On one condition. What's that? You paid $25,000 to have yourself killed. Probably because you couldn't take your own life. You wanted a thrill. Okay, you got it. You paid $25,000 for it. Now I'll pay $50,000. What? I got a check for $50,000 payable to any charity I name. I... That's the only condition? The only one under which I'll try to find the man. All right. I'll do it. I'll write it immediately. Good. Oh, and Mr. Andrews. What? The check had better be honored, or I won't go through with this. I swear I'll honor it. Take it with you. Here. Deposit it first thing in the morning. Okay. Now, what are you going to do? To find Mr. Scott. Find Mr. Scott. Oh, it sounded so easy. So I did the only thing I could. I went back to the little cocktail lounge and the same bartender. Yes, sir. What can I... Oh, you. Hello. Well, what do you want now? I'm looking for Nicky. Nicky? Yeah, Nicky. You know him? I don't know nobody named Nicky. You didn't know a man named Scott either. I don't. We'll pass that. But I want to find Nicky. Well, even if I knew a Nicky, why should I tell you anything? Because Nicky is due to get killed. Uh, killed? That's it. I don't believe you, mister. You've got to. A man named Scott is after Nicky. I want to warn him. There ain't nobody named Scott. Nobody you care to admit you know. But there is a Scott and he's after Nicky. You... You on the level? Yes, I am. Okay. You'll find Nicky where he lives. 654 South Rogers. Oh, one more thing. Is Nicky mixed up in that gambling syndicate? I answered your question. The only one I'm going to answer. Now you get out of here. Get out before the roof falls in on me. Well, I was playing a hunch and playing it all the way through. I went to the address the bartender gave me, walked up the stairs and came to a door that had Nicky's name on it. I started to knock. The door was open just a little. I pushed it all the way open and went in. I stood in the dark for a moment and walked toward a window. I stumbled over something on the floor. I lighted a match. Nicky. Nicky. He's real dead, Holiday. Real dead. Tolling. Mm-hmm. Tolling. Scott. Oh, have it your own way. You know, I thought you were never going to get here. What are you doing here? Where's Andrews? Give me that check he gave you. You killed Nicky. Good guess, Holiday. Hand me that check. Okay, here. Thanks. Now, Mr. Holiday, you're going to be very sorry you came here. Am I? Oh. <clears throat> Tolling. 
Tolling. Thank you, Mr. Holliday. Andrews. Quite a gathering, isn't it? Nicky, Tolling, you. Good evening, Mr. Scott. Oh, you guessed, eh? No, I figured it out. Well, I'm sorry. I haven't got time to listen to it. My shot must have attracted attention. Three men killed. You do all right. Franklin for trying to take over the gambling syndicate. Nicky for trying to blackmail you because he knew you killed Franklin. And Torling because I didn't trust him. I sent him here to kill Nicky. But I thought the check you had from me would prove too much for his loyalty. I must go now, Holiday. Thanks for finding Nicky for me. I had no idea who was blackmailing me. So you used me for our patsy, cooked up that story. Certainly. One of my boys would have been recognized. But you're a stranger. Understand? And I've got news for you, Mr. Scott. The police will be looking for Andrews. You. The higher up in the gambling ring. The man who kept out of sight. <laughs> looking for me? That's right. Because you slipped. Listen. You see, I made a phone call to the police. That's why they're coming. Not because anyone heard your shot, but because I called them. Bluff. Oh, no. When I went to see you with that letter, I only described Nicky. I never mentioned his name, but you did. You said, Nicky. You. You. Look out, he's got a gun. Look out for him. You. You got your $25,000 worth, Mr. Andrews. Holiday, you certainly were smart to figure that out. Hmm. Ever play poker, Susie? Is it like gin rummy? No, not quite. But if you've ever played, you'll know how good it feels to draw to an inside straight and make it. I don't get it. Well, Susie, the police are not coming for Andrews. They're out on a call to stop a fight. Huh? Hmm. Sure, I didn't think of that Nicky routine until I was talking with Andrews. But you said you called the police. Oh, I say a lot of things. Susie, a man has to say a lot of things when he's looking at his own tombstone. <gasps> Do you mean to tell me that awful man actually brought your tombstone along? And I... What? <laughs> Good night, Susie. Next week, same time, through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd again stars as Dan Holliday in Box 13. Box 13 is directed by Richard Sandville, and this week's original story was written by Russell Hughes. Original music is composed and conducted by Rudy Schrager. Part of Susie is played by Sylvia Picker, and production is supervised by Vern Carstensen. Box 13 is a Mayfair production from Hollywood. Watch for Alan Ladd and his latest Paramount picture. Box 13, with the star of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. Box 13, care of the Star Times. I've read your advertisement asking for adventure. I think this will be it. I'm asking you to solve an impossible situation, but one that must be solved. Next Wednesday, drive out on Route 36 at exactly noon. You'll come to a five-mile speedometer check. Maintain a speed of 72 miles an hour over the distance. You will be passed by a 1938 car going 100 miles per hour. The car will sound its horn. 
When you hear it, pull over to the side and stop. When you hear it, pull over to the side and stop. The letter had no signature, but it sounded intriguing. And it became even more so as time went on. That is, what little time there was. And now, back to Box 13 and Dan Holliday's newest adventure, Speed to Burn. miles an hour? Mr. Holliday, that's dangerous. Yes, it is, Susie. That's what makes this letter so interesting. I'd like to see a 1938 model, though, 100. Why? Isn't it possible? Possible, yes, but not probable. Why not? Susie, in the course of time, things wear out. Even a car has to give up sometime. Oh, the letter isn't signed. And that's another thing that tells me to take this on. An unsigned letter, a 1938 car doing 100 per, and an impossible situation that has to be solved. Now, I ask you, Susie, wouldn't that make anyone pick up his ears? At exactly noon that Wednesday, I turned into Highway 36, a long, level stretch of concrete that rimmed out in front of my car, just asking to be burned up. I looked at my speedometer. The needle hung at 60. Up ahead, I saw the first sign on the road shoulder. The sign read, start speedometer check here. I stepped on the accelerator and watched the needle pass 60 and move to 65. 68, then 70. Just as the nose of my car pushed over the start of the check run. In my rear view mirror, the road in the back was clear. No cars, no traffic at all. I hit 72 miles per hour and stayed there. The road slipped by underneath and the scenery on the side was a flashing blur of color. Then I looked in my rear view mirror again. And suddenly there it was. A car that ate up the distance between us as though we were attached by some invisible elastic that pulled us together. And then before I knew it... It was past me. I pulled up and stopped. Ahead, the car that passed me slowed down and it also stopped. Then turned around and came back toward me. Hello there. Hello. You're, you're Box 13? That's right. And you're the only jet plane pilot I know with no license. Thank you for coming. Not at all. I enjoyed every second of it. Hey, what do you feed that car of yours? May I get in your car? Oh, please do. Thank you. I've taken a big chance in doing this, Mr. Dan Holliday. My name is Nancy. Nancy Peters. That is a 1938 model you're driving. <laughs> and from the looks of it, it's only a six-cylinder job. Yes, but I haven't much time. I'll have to talk fast. Oh, all right, go ahead. I want you to help my brother. Is he the impossible situation you mentioned in your letter? Yes. He has a prison record. And now he's mixed up in something he can't get away from. Will you help? Oh, now, just a minute, Miss Peters. Your car may do 100 without batting a carburetor, but I work a little slower. Before I do any helping, I'd like to know the three W's. Who, what, and where. Well, I told you. It's my brother. Mm, that answers the who part. Now, how about what and where? Stolen cars. That's the what. One like yours? That has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Tom's mixed up in a stolen car syndicate. Syndicate? <laughs> it's a business now, huh? Bigger than anyone realizes. Well, why doesn't he get out? He can't. 
He's watched night and day. Sometimes I am, too. He didn't know what he was getting into till it was too late. All right, I'll buy that for now. But it'll take more explanation. Look, let's go somewhere else and talk. I just wanted to know if you'd be interested. Well, that car of yours intrigues me. Where do you want to go? Follow me. If you promise not to do any stunt flying, I'll be right in back of you. More coffee, Miss Peters? No, thanks. Are you interested, Mr. Holliday? Yes. All right. The syndicate looks like a legitimate business, but it's not. It's tied up with stolen car rackets in every city in the country. In which case, it's an item for the police or better for the FBI. I suggest you go to them. I can't do that. My brother would be sent back to prison. Well, then let him quit. One man tried it. He was killed. How do you know? Tom told me. Mr. Holliday, I don't know who's at the head of the syndicate. I don't know anything about it, but you can find out and help Tom. And how do I do this? Will you do it? Well, I don't know, Miss Peters. I... Tell me, how did your brother get into this racket? He's a mechanic. He started to work at the Acme filling station, and it wasn't long before he was offered a job as a mechanic in a big garage in town. Before he knew it, he was in the racket and afraid to go to the police. Did he try? Once. Then he saw he was followed. He didn't try again, not after the other man was killed. What can I do? Get a job at the Acme filling station. It was from there that Tom went to the syndicate. Now, look, Miss Peters, your brother's a mechanic. I'm not. I know just about enough to repair minor injuries. That's all. That's enough. They need men. The syndicate's getting bigger. And you want me to increase the organization by one, namely Dan Holliday. I'll pay you $1,000 if you do. Oh, no, I don't want any money. This Acme filling station, where is it? 12902 Braddock Road. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll see what I can do, but no promises. Meanwhile, how do I get in touch with you? Well, here. Here's my name, address, and telephone number. Okay, Miss Peters. But like I said, no promises. I'd just like to nose around first and see what trouble I can get into. I left Nancy Peters and drove back to the city, got into some old clothes, and took a bus out to Braddock Road. The Acme filling station did business on a three-way corner. From what I could see, it was a good business. I watched for a while until I spotted a man I thought was the boss. I waited until business cooled off a little and walked over to him. Hello. Do something for you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, depends on how badly you need help here. Help? You looking for a job? Yeah, guess I am. I saw you standing on the opposite corner looking over here. Thought maybe you was planning a holdup. <laughs> no, thanks. That's getting money the hard way. But I saw you hopping around here and figured you could use some help. I don't know. Know anything about cars? Oh, a little. Enough to do minor repairs? Uh, sure. Let me see your hands. Hold them out. Huh? Just hold them out. <laughs> you ain't done much hard work in your life, have you? Oh, not recently, no. Uh-uh. Well, don't think I can use you, bud. But I need a job. Try I... someplace else. Okay, okay. I was just asking. What's the matter? Got a phone here. I, I want to make a call. Hmm? Inside, why? I, I just want to make a call, that's all. Okay, inside, I told you. It was a hunch, and I played it. The car that drove up was a police car, and I pretended to be afraid of it. I waited inside until the car drove out. Then the boss came in. Make your call okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Had to make that call all of a sudden, didn't you? I, uh, I just thought of it. Oh, sure. Well, I'll see you later. Wait a minute. Sit down. What, what for? Maybe we can talk. Wait a second. 
It's the idea of closing the door. Mm, we can talk better. Why'd you do a fade when you saw that police car? I, uh, I didn't see any police car. <laughs> Quit kidding, bub. You saw it coming and pulled that phony call routine. You hot? Look, all I did was ask you for a job. Thanks for your time and so long. <laughs> now, take it easy. Take it easy. Sit down again. What's your name? Make it Holiday, Dan Holiday. <laughs> that sounds phony enough. Want a job? A minute ago, you were tight about that. Now you loosen up. Why? I like to help people. Uh-huh. Got a kind face. <laughs> you want a job or not? Doing what? Uh, handling the pumps, working on the grease rack, lubrication, wash rack, maybe doing some repair work now and then. How about it? Sounds like a full-time job. And that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly what I want. Well, pick up some coveralls in the lockers out back. You start as of now. So I went to work. And I learned about cars. I rented a room near the station at night, read books on automotive repairs. And I waited. Waited for the next move, which came one morning just after I'd reported for work. Holiday. Hey, Dan. Yeah? Come inside a minute, will you? Right away. Pull the door shut. What's the trouble? No trouble at all. You know, you're getting to be a pretty good mechanic. <laughs> well, I learned fast. Uh, there's not quite enough work around here for a good mechanic. I thought maybe you'd like to make more dough. Do I get a raise? Not from me. But I can send you to somebody who needs mechanics. Needs them bad. Thanks. Who's the guy and where is he? You go to 714 South Elm to the Southern Auto Works. And here, give him this card. So, you're the guy Marty sends along, huh? That's right. He gave me this card to give you. Yeah. Okay. My name is Mike. Follow me. Sure. Kind of busy in here, aren't you? We keep going. Hey, this way. I can see why Marty says you need mechanics. Yeah, he can always use a good one. People crack up their cars or do a million things. Here, go in this door. Good luck, fella. Have a chair, Holiday. Well, thank you. So you're a mechanic. Well, that's what Marty says. And you live at 678 Bender Avenue and you do a lot of reading at night. <laughs> I know a lot about you, Dan. More than you think I do. Like what? Like the fact that you're a little shy of cops. I'm not afraid of them. I didn't say that. I said shy. Say like a guy who's just put in a little time would be. I don't be afraid, Dan. There's nothing to be afraid of. Look, I took the job at Marty's place because I needed it. But I don't have to be needled by you or anybody else. Maybe I did a stretch. And again, maybe I didn't. It's got nothing to do with the job so long, Mr. Swanson. Stay right where you are. What's your idea? No idea, Dan. I'm just in need of good mechanics. Marty tells me you're pretty good. Not top-notch, but good enough. Okay, you want a job here? Doing what? Automotive repairs. What else? That's what I ask. What else? <laughs> my, my, you're suspicious. Look, you can take the job or not as you like. Pay you 75 a week on a percentage basis for anything over that in time and work. I'd look like a chump if I turned that down. That's right. So I guess you're in, huh? Like you say, Mr. Swanson, I'm in. And now back to Speed to Burn, another Box 13 adventure with Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. 
Like I said, I was in. But in what? It looked like a legitimate business. The big garage did a roaring trade, and it seemed on the level. Mike, the man who took me to Swanson's office, stuck close to me, so I had no chance to snoop around. And one day, I was called into Swanson's office. Well, Dan, everything all right? As far as I know, everything's fine. Why? Got any objections to working at night? No, not at all. As long as the pay is time and a half. <laughs> it's better than that. It's double. Special job? Yeah, you might call it that. How good are you at keeping your mouth closed? Well, I'm not the talkative type. I suppose you know you've had a tail on you ever since you've worked here. No. No, I didn't know. What's the idea there? Well, you're an ex-con. I thought that was gone by the boards, forgotten. It is, it is. But it's a funny thing. I've had a check made on you. And I can't find a record of any Dan Holiday serving time any place. Got anything to say? Nothing, except maybe you looked under the wrong name. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> anyway, you've been watched, and so far you're clean. Look, Mr. Swanson, you got me in here to talk about overtime work. Then you switched to my record. What's your pitch? Come around tonight at 10 o'clock, the back way. Just suppose I say no. Mike's a big guy. Maybe he could persuade you. Oh, I see. In other words, now that I'm in, I'm really in. In what, Dan? Maybe you can answer that better than I can. Maybe I can. Be here tonight at 10, the back entrance. Mike will see that you get here. Until then, so long, Dan. Well, it was a tight spot. I couldn't tell whether Swanson knew anything or not. I hadn't made a move to contact Nancy Peters or her brother Tom. But that night, I was to be at the garage at 10 o'clock. At 9.30, Mike came to get me, and 20 minutes later, took me down in an elevator, down into the cellar below the big garage. And what I saw made me blink my eyes. Brother, this was a racket on a big scale. <laughs> Put your eyes back in your head, Dan. You ain't seen a half of it yet. Hey, what is this? The part of the garage nobody sees but them as has business here. Take a good look. Must be 50 cars in here. Uh-huh. And all hot. Stolen? They ain't presents. If you give them an hour in here, their owners wouldn't know from a bicycle. Come on, we'll see Swanson. Come in. Okay, Dan, come on in. Mike, see that things are running all right. Sure. See you later, Dan. Well, how do you like it, Dan? I don't know what I'm supposed to like, but it's big. And you're in it. What if I don't want to be? Well, then you're a chump. Big pay, no social security or withholding tax, and no questions. Look, I don't want to serve any more time. You won't. We take care of our boys. Now, look, I need another mechanic badly. There are enough hot cars floating in here in the next two weeks to make yourself a pile of dough. Yeah, but Mr. Swanson... Holiday, you haven't got a choice. Either take the job or you'll never work again. Any place, any time. I guess you're calling the turns, Mr. Swanson. Take it easy. You'll be safe. Until there's a leak. There's no leaks here. We're big enough to have our own police force to watch the men who work for us, understand? Yeah, I think I do. Okay, Mr. Swanson, you've got yourself another boy. And from then on, I was watched closer than all the golden Fort Knox. It was over a week later that I finally made contact with Tom Peters. Mike took me to him because Tom was to break me in on a new job. Mike wants you to work on the jalopies, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. I'm Tom Peters. I know you're Dan Holliday. Yeah. What do I do? Well, we got ten hot cars rolling in tonight. They got to be pulled apart for shipping out tomorrow. 
That's a little fast, isn't it? Oh, that's nothing. One night we put out 18. Come here. See this paint? Yeah. Special stuff, huh? That's right. Washes off with caustic soda. Plain water won't touch it, only caustic soda. We spray a coat of this stuff on the car. And then what? What about the license plates? Ah, are you kidding? Look here. Over 500 license plates from different states. With a new paint job, different plates, even different tires, you wouldn't be able to recognize your own car if you sat in it. Huh. I see. Pretty tight organization, isn't it? Brother, you don't know how tight. Make a bad move in your material for a hearse. Well, here to work on the manufacturer's numbers. Serial numbers of the motors, huh? Uh-uh. Manufacturer's numbers. Never in the same place twice. Sometimes it's in the carburetor, sometimes in the block. Any one of a dozen different places. I see. And you tear down the engine, get rid of the number, and there's no chance left for positive identification of the car. Right. Okay, start tearing this baby down. It's got to roll out on the street by midnight. Let's go to work. And I worked. And all the while I did, I knew I was being watched. And I think I was even followed when I went home. For three nights we kept at it. There wasn't a chance to break loose. Then on the fourth night, Tom Peters came over to me. Shake loose from that job, Dan. We got a special to do. Special? Okay, what is it? Look here. Are you kidding? This got to be a hot car. No, it's not. What's it look like? Like a broken down model of ten years ago. Hmm. Who wants a crate like this? Yeah, wait a minute. Now, take a look under that hood. Look at that power plant. Uh-huh. The engine's from a British tank. There's enough power under that hood to make this baby climb right up the side of a building. I don't get it. Why put that motor in this old job? Look underneath. At the springs. Springs are upside down? Sure. For a low center of gravity. And the body of the crate's lined with armor plate. And it's got bulletproof glass throughout. What are these things inside? Oh. Extra gas tanks. Uh-huh. This is a getaway car. Special built. We parked this in front of a bank and no cop would take a second look at it. But no other car made can get near it for speed or power. Now that's real, real neat. Well, it looks like the boys think of everything, don't they? Uh, they don't miss. You know, I'll bet anyone could take a 1938 car and hop it up with one of these motors. Sure, why not? You don't make no difference. Even a girl could drive one. Sure, why? One her brother put together for before he got into this racket. Girl? 1938? What'd you say that for? Take it easy, Tom. What are you driving at? Nancy, your sister. What about her? She got me in here to get you out. Oh, look, she's crazy. You're crazy. This is a tight box. You want to get out? Cut it out, Dan. You're asking for trouble. Look, together we can break this racket. Look, there's not a chance. I... Hold it. Here comes Mike. Hey, what are you guys gabbing for? Just looking over this job, Mike. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, get it in shape. Some of the boys want it for a heist job tonight. You've got an hour to work it over. Heist job? Yeah. They're knocking over a bank. Mm. Okay, help me, Tom, and I'll help you when we get out of this. Listen, don't you think I'd have made a break before now? They got me going and coming. And I'll do it. They're watching you every minute. That's the chance I have to take. Where's your lunch pail? Lunch pail? Have you gone nuts? Just give it to me. You, uh, you drink coffee, don't you? Sure. With cream and sugar. You happy now? Tom, that makes me very happy. <laughs> Later that night, when I was through working, I left the garage. I tried to phone Nancy Peters three times, but she was out. The last time, I left a message for her to meet me in the lobby of a movie. I went there hoping I'd shaken my shadow off my trail. Fortunately, she got my message. And I told her to call the FBI. 
to give them the address of the garage, 714 South Elm, and to make it fast because there was no time to lose. Then I walked out of the lobby and into the street. I looked back. Nancy Peters was going toward a phone booth in the theater lobby. I was about to walk to my room when... Enjoy the picture, Holiday. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Funny about you. You bought a ticket, walked in, talked with that dame, came right out again. I uh, remember I'd seen the movie before. Sure. Who was the dame? What are you talking about? The dame. Who was she? What did you say to her? Look, Mike, that's my personal business. Then it's mine, too. She went to a phone booth inside. Can I help it if some girl wants to use a phone? Yeah, I figure you can. Now, come on. We're going to Swanson. All right, Dan, who was the girl? What'd you say? I never saw her before in my life. Just a chance acquaintance, huh? You could call it that. You're lying. All right, you know everything. Not quite, but I... Wait a minute. Suppose your name is Dan Holliday. Suppose it is. I got an idea. Sit still while I look through the phone book. Funny I never thought of this before. Let's see. Holly, Holiday. Holiday, Dan. Well, you're in the phone book. There's only one Dan Holiday. That makes me unique among the holidays. What does it make you? Not a sucker, Holiday. Sit still, make a move, and I'll make a nice round hole in your head with this. Now we'll see. Dan Holliday, please. Mr. Holliday isn't in. Oh? Is he out of town, do you know? Who's calling, please? An old friend, Mr. Swanson. Oh, well, Mr. Swanson, Mr. Holliday's been gone for almost two weeks. Is that so? Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You've been gone two weeks, Holliday. It just about ties in with the time you've been here. Okay, Swanson, so I'm in the phone book and you found out I'm not at my apartment. What does that prove? That's what I'm going to find out. And if I... Boss, there's a raid coming our way. The tip-off boys just flashed the rent. All right, move the hot cars out back. Get all you can. Notify all branches we're shipping a load tonight. Tell the drivers to take the ones that aren't ready and run them in the river. Right. Holiday, you're going with me. Get going. Did that, that dirty thing do the job? Yeah, come on. Get away, car in shape? Yeah, it's all set. Now, Holiday, you're going to see why we're never caught. What's wrong, Mr. Swanson? We have a stoolie with us, Peters. Stoolie? But... He... That's right, Peters. A stoolie. Clear out. There's a raid coming. Mike, warm up the car. Sure. Nothing to worry about. In, Holiday, get in. Okay, you're the boss. Let's go, Mike, up the ramp. Right. There they are. <laughs> Play with them, Mike. Let Holiday see how good we really are. Boss. You heard me. And I'm almost catch up to us. And Holiday, don't duck when you hear shooting. They can't touch us in this. Besides, I want to save you for myself. They're right on our taillight, boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> they might as well be using pea shooters. Never get out of the city, so Oh, show them what we can do, Mike. Get away. Yeah. Holiday, they're almost standing still. Okay, Mike, head for the state line. Hey, hey something's gone haywire. What's the matter? You said this car was in shape. Yeah, it was. Get going, get going, you idiot. I can't get me the engine's going dead. Run on a curb, we'll make a run for it. Pull in, Mike, pull in. Oh, no, you don't. Hey, Mike, help me. Hey, you dirty rat, you. 
Sure, Susie. Just some minor cuts and bruises. What happened? Well, Mr. Swanson took his eyes off me for a second. That was enough. I grabbed his gun. Jeepers. But what happened to the car? Susie, put enough sugar in the gas tank of any car and it'll give up and die real soon. You see, it clogs the feed line. I took the sugar from Tom's lunch pail. Now, that was real smart. But how did you know you were going to be in the car? (laughs) Well, I didn't. I planned to wreck the bank job. But as they say in books, sometimes things work out differently, and for the best. Mm. What about Tom Peters? Uh, he's all right. He was roped in. Fear made him stay. Hey, Susie, how about some coffee? Oh, sure. Right here. Cream? Uh-uh. Thanks. Sugar? Lots of it, Susie. Lots of it. I just love sugar. Listen in again next week when, through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd stars as Dan Holliday in Box 13. Box 13 is directed by Richard Sandville, with this week's story written by Albert Wagner from an original story by Bernard Fine. Original music is composed and conducted by Rudy Schrager, and the part of Susie is played by Sylvia Picker. Vern Carstensen is in charge of production. This is a Mayfair production from Hollywood. Watch for Alan Ladd in his latest Paramount picture. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Radio Days, your home for the best of Golden Age Radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note. Don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers.